98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. Now. Straight up Chilliclaw on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station, we are live from the Auction Community Studios. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? <laughs> who, can, who can yell louder than the other guy? Tune in every day at 2 o'clock to find out. I actually out. think I'm yelling. I think I just talk loud. My wife says, why are you yelling all the time? She <laughs> says it to me too, like Keyshawn. Why are you yelling? I, I just talk loud. I'm just glad someone's just excited to be at work today. Yeah. What, That's what not? it sounds like from Gambo. I, I would come in. You're, you're, well, we, Who doesn't like being at work today? I talk about the Suns and the Cardinals and the deep. I put four hours every Don't day. worry, Bernsey. I was referring to me. Oh, I am I not say, ready to work today. Mitch, I was gonna, you talking about me? I'm, I'm ready to go. Let's do he's it. Ready to go. He's, got, he's got today, tomorrow, then vacation. Maybe. Yeah, we got, uh, this, got this weird like trap last year of taking a week off at the very end of August. We went to Montana. Yeah, nice when you don't have kids you uh, well, can do that and it's it's like why do we not do this yeah. every year and so we're like you know what we're gonna do this every year we're gonna take a week it's off nice. at the end of, and, nice. and when we come back it's gonna be football season and preseason is oh, it's over a great time to take off but if those of us with kids yeah you know you don't have, you don't get that luxury kids yeah. start school in july now <laughs> like they start school in july pretty and then soon, so like you can't take off pretty soon your kids are just gonna have two weeks off during summer break and that's it they're gonna be in school the whole time right i hope not no, i'm kidding I, i'm kidding i, I I don't get it, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, school should start in September. <laughs> it is what it That's is. It should start and end in June. So, yeah, there'll be a little vacation time coming up next week, which is all good. Plenty of time, though, and plenty of enthusiasm and excitement, despite poor Mitch being dragged into work today. Let's weigh in on our top. Young kids. They right. just don't have to work Come ethic. on. Let's go. Let's the go. Young we kids. They don't want to work. Four hours of radio to deliver today. Come on. Let's bring it. Here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. The weigh in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. We're just giving you crap, Mitch. We we know you. Oh, I did want to say I watched that because I want a vacation in August, but I, like your kids, are still a kid, so I can't afford it. <laughs> You're young. you got to work. When you're older, you'll get your time off. I was going to say real quick, I watched that uh, the Game of the Dragons, or what's the name House of that show? Dragons. House, House of the Dragons. Dragons. Yeah. Watched that the other night. Okay. I didn't mention it. But yes, House Dra- I'm going to give it a thumbs up right now. Okay. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Like it. Like, I think it's got a lot of potential. I'll okay. say that. I think it set itself up for a lot of potential. Okay. There you go. Uh, I have the potential to be very concerned about what came out of Cardinals practice today Bravo. in Nashville. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I, there were some good things that came out of there, it. There were some really good things. Uh, and we're going to talk about uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins, and we're going to talk about some of the other really good things that Byron happened today. Murphy, Byron man. Murphy, that's a very important yeah. thing. Let's start with the bad news first, and we don't even know how bad the bad news is. Antonio Hamilton wasn't there in Nashville today. There were very brief sound bites from Cliff Kingsbury today, and we want to thank uh, Jim Omohundro from the Cardinals for letting us have this sound. Uh, Antonio Hamilton wasn't there. Is Cliff concerned? Uh, no, no, he's still being evaluated. Um, right now. What is wrong with Antonio Hamilton? Um, we'll let you know week one when we have to. Let's I don't play like the, that. Let's, let's play the private message between Cliff and Steve Kime. We have... Steve, it's Cliff. Will you trade a pick for our cornerback, please? Like, now. Right away. Hurry. Like, come on. Let's go, Steve. Steve, let's go. 
Let's go. Yep. Stop hanging out with Blake Shelton, you know, and listening to country music. And let's get a cornerback in here, Steve. Steve, corner back, please. Yes, please. Uh, yeah. Antonio Hamilton. Apparently, yesterday he had what Kingsbury described as a doctor's appointment. Close quote. When he missed practice uh, today, he wasn't at practice. He's still being evaluated. What's wrong with him? We'll let you know week one when we have to. An answer like that kind of suggests that he's going to be on the injury report on week one. Maybe he's not. Maybe I'm just looking into it the wrong way at a position where, to your point about your fake voice message from Cliff to Steve Kime, the Cardinals are so thin at this position. So thin. Anytime I see anything about something being wrong with any of them, it's like, okay, what are we doing here? Yeah. Uh, is a cornerback coming in? Because this room, they, they, they can't they can't stand not having Antonio. And this is Antonio Hamilton we're talking about. Yeah, he's probably your second cornerback right now. Right. So Because they haven't been thrilled with Marco Wilson. I mean... Am I justified in being a little concerned about no, kind listen, of the tone of this? Listen, we're concerned even beforehand. Yeah, I mean, you're more concerned now than anything. Yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a priority now. Like, they've got to get themselves. Uh, now, there's going to be on Monday or Tuesday, there's going to be a massive cut down of 600 players in the league. Okay? Yeah. Yes. There's going to be 600 players that are in the league. You know what? A whole bunch of those are going to be cornerbacks. <laughs> Now, maybe just sign them all, like all of them. Um, no, but, like, they're going to sign a bunch of those guys. Like, they're, they're going to get a bunch of those guys. I still I know that they're trying to get one via trade. They're definitely trying to get one via trade. It takes two to tango. Um, but they would like, because they feel like they can get a better one via trade than just waiting for somebody to get cut. So, they will add cornerbacks. They got no choice. Uh, but this, you know, this is definitely something that you worry about with Antonio Hamilton right now. And the season's getting close to starting. TikTok, we're just a couple weeks Away from this thing being real. Now that was the bad news from today. The good news was Cliff Kingsbury said he, he got exactly what he wanted out of the joint practice today in Nashville against the Titans. Definitely, I thought um, lots of good energy. You felt the competitive fire from our guys. I thought they really turned up in the competition and to go against another um, team and different people in one-on-ones was really good for them. And uh, we'll watch the film. A lot to clean up, but I, I really like the energy and I like the way that they competed. <laughs> I t- do I have the Do I have the Vegas soundbite, Mitch? Do you Do you know which one the Vegas soundbite is? Do I have it, or do I need to read the quote? I'll read the quote. Cliff Kingsbury on shaving down the joint work with the Titans to a single practice. Quote: I like the one day. It's kind of like my Vegas philosophy: twenty four hours and I'm good. <laughs> Close quote. Which I'm more of a thirty six hours in Vegas. Oh, you like thirty six? I'm thirty six hours, and then I'm like, I gotta get out of here. I'm yeah. ready to go home. I don't want to do this anymore. But the good things that happened. Today, okay, let's go over because. You know, Paul Calvisi was there. Yep. Paul Calvisi was there on the sidelines. And so he said, uh, n- number one, Byron Murphy ends another Titans possession with an end zone interception off of Ryan Tannehill. That's good. Right there, Byron Murphy. You're going to rely on him to be the number one cornerback. End zone interception stops them from scoring. That's real good. That's one. Number two, Cardinal sideline erupts after safety. Tay Daly returns an interception of Malik Willis for a pick six during 11-on-11. So you get a nice play from from a safety Tay Daly. DeAndre Hopkins wraps up one-on-one sessions. DBs with an extra-large one-handed stab of a back shoulder fade. So he's going to be out the first six games as 
everybody knows, but he made a nice one-handed stab of a back shoulder fade. So some of the things I noticed off of you know what Paul Calvisi was tweeting out about the uh, practice today. Look, the Byron Murphy thing, I know it's just practice and it's just one practice. Byron Murphy's development this year, uh, we saw it for most of last year, just not all of last year. If he can have a continuation of what he did a season ago when he started to show those flashes that made him a very high second round pick, Mm -hmm. that would be an incredibly important development for the Cardinals. Obviously, given what we just talked about with the secondary there. There was another development today, and that was Cody Ford. Practicing with the Cardinals and Cliff today talked about Cody Ford's just sheer size on the football field. He is, yeah. Yeah, big, nasty. Um, Obviously has played at a high level, you know, whether it was college or when he had a chance in, in Buffalo. And so we're excited uh, to be able to come out here and pick enough up to go in there. It was pretty impressive. And we just got to keep spoon-feeding him the, the offense and, and get him ready for week one. Cameron Cox from 12 News is out there, too. Uh, and he tweeted out this morning, Justin Pugh out with injury. Cody Ford slides right in during his first practice. Dude is massive. <laughs> looks like the Hulk. <laughs> the one thing that I that I heard when they, when they got him, when they made the trade, is that he's just real powerful. Okay, and I looked at a couple video clips and just saw, and you could just see he's a gigantic, powerful human being. And in Buffalo, they didn't say anything about that, right? His ability to move somebody, I mean, that's that that's well known. It's the lateral quickness as a guard that's the most important thing. You know, when you've got to get out, if you're going to have a guard pull, or, you know, if they stunt and you've got to get out, to, you've got to move out to the outside to protect your quarterback. That's the things that was the negatives in Buffalo, was just his ability to go kind of side to side. Not straight ahead. Straight ahead, I think they're fine with him. I think they just, you know, the, the, the Buffalo just had some concerns about that lateral movement. The 11-on-11 11 11 work today against another team, Cliff Kingsbury, was happy. Yeah, I did. Uh, we got what we wanted out of it and had some tough penalties called, which we got to get cleaned up, and we understand that, but I think just the operation to have a real NFL officiating crew and, and work it against another team was, was good for us. And it will, uh, I believe tomorrow's more of a mental day, and then they just, they're not practicing on Friday. Again, it's it's really taking it easy. If you want to see the DeAndre Hopkins one-handed catch, Eric, I'm going to ask you if you could go look at DeAndre Hopkins' Twitter account because he tweeted out the video. Retweet that on Burns and Gambo. At Burns and Gambo, one word is where you can find it on Twitter. It is, if you haven't seen it, it's pretty sick. He just It's just like he's, I, it's like he's got a fork attached yeah. to his hand and he just reaches up and stabs at the football like he's like he's stabbing a piece of meat with his fork. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, I mean, that's the one thing about him, right? I mean, th- he does have like gigantic hands. Yeah, and when you have such a big hand like that, you can make those one-handed grabs. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, Kevin Durant. We don't need no stinking Kevin Durant, <laughs> do we? Or do we? That's next on the Burns and Gambo show. here with you on this Wednesday afternoon, our esteemed colleague, and I don't use those words lightly, he is esteemed and he is our colleague, Dan Bickley, lead columnist at ArizonaSports.com, co-host of the Bickley and Murata Show this morning. Headline with, it actually came down yesterday afternoon while we were on the air, we just didn't have a chance to read it. Suns don't need Kevin Durant to win championship next season. He writes, quote, Kevin Durant is a great basketball player running out of prime and never short on drama. The Suns don't need him to 
win a championship. His presence would have come with a certain cost, a loss of innocence, an invalidation of the culture that has been at the root of 115 regular season wins and four playoff series victories in the last two years. The other side of hard, Durant would have represented the other side of easy. Oh, which I love that line. That was a really yeah, good. No, it's a great. Listen, it was a great that was a good line. It was a, it was a great column, and and there's something to be said about winning it the way you're constructed right now, with you know some of your main pieces being homegrown talent and and, and Booker and Da and McHale and Cam Johnson and okay and an older Chris Paul. It's not like you threw together this roster and became the Miami Heat with LeBron and and Bosh and and Wade or or how other teams have done it. There is something to be said about winning it the way you the way you're constructed. Now, if you don't win it, you, you may look back and regret because in, in the end, the only thing that matters is winning. Okay, nobody apologizes for going and getting Kevin Durant and winning a championship. Not a okay, soul. nobody apologizes when you nobody apologized to Toronto for going to get Kawhi Leonard and winning. Hey, you needed Kawhi Leonard because the homegrown guys, you know, with Lowry, DeRozan, those they couldn't do it. They right. couldn't do it. So you got Kawhi Leonard, but you got a championship. But I completely understand what he's saying because I do believe that it would mean more winning it this way than winning it with Durant. With Durant, it kind of feels like you bought it a little bit. Listen, people always say that about the Diamondbacks. Oh, they bought their championship. They bought it. Yep. They, I mean, they, they did. did. Yeah. You don't take it away from them. They, they did. They bought that and championship. You know They've got the receipts to prove it. Right. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and nobody, I don't care. I mean, I know you look at it differently because you're a Yankees fan. I, I don't I don't care that they went out and gave Randy Johnson all that money and Finley all that money and they traded for Schilling the year before. I, 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 don't, I don't care. None of it bothers me. None of it has ever bothered me. Even in the years after when it got lean and thin because they had maxed out all the credit cards to make it mm-hmm. happen. I still didn't care. It did 20 years later, I don't care. But you have to admit, it it, 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 it kind of would mean a little bit more or a lot more if it's this group. If it's this group that's been through that's been through hell and back. This is These guys, the majority of these guys were on teams that won 20-something games. I would admit that you're right. It would mean more. But for me, it would be microscopically more. You know what I mean? Like it would like if if winning it with Kevin Durant would be a ninety nine on a scale of zero to a hundred, winning it out without Durant would be a one hundred on a scale of zero to one hundred. You know what I mean? But just, yeah. just because I'm so we're so and, and I, I know I speak from a unique position here, being a guy born and raised, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Outside of my parents, the Phoenix Suns were my first love, okay? For me, I don't care how they get it. They just need to get one of these. I don't care. And, and, and yes, you're right. You are absolutely right. It would be a little bit nicer for them to do it with this culture that they created, with this way that they created, with James and Monty and Devin and Chris and DeAndre and all of that. But at this point, honestly, I'm so desperate and hard up for one of these. I, it's like, Kevin Durant, great. Let's go get it. You know what I mean? I, I just wonder how different it would feel if it was Durant. Like, do you feel, would it feel like, would, would Pete, forget about what the people here locally say, okay? Because locally, you're right. We're gonna, everybody's going to be excited. I mean, would outside people say, oh, they bought a championship? Oh, 100%. They bought the it, championship. It, in fact, Bickley's been making this point several times over this whole pursuit of Kevin Durant, and he's not wrong. Had the Suns gotten Kevin Durant, they'd be one of the most hated, hated teams, teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's zero, in my mind, there's zero debate about that. People would have looked at them and said, ah, mercenaries. You weren't going to get there. You needed Kevin Durant. You needed the ultimate mercenary ring chaser in Kevin Durant to get you over the top. They would have absolutely been despised 
around the NBA for doing what they did. So no. will, will there be easier justification if they win it without him nationally? 100%. I totally agree with you on that one. I do think, to his point on, I don't think they need him to win one. I think they can win one. This year and next year, I mean, everybody wants it now, but I'm looking at a larger window. I mean, I'm looking at a, a larger window. Even when Chris Paul's gone, I, I still think, yeah. you know, with Booker and, and Aiton and Mikhail and Cam, and, and, and I'm factoring in that they've got all their assets going forward. I know Kellen Olsen wrote about this in, in on ArizonaSports.com, the greatest website in the world, um, is that <laughs> it is a great website because you don't have to pay to read any of the articles. Free, baby. Yeah. Um, I, that, you know, that they have... They have all those assets. We talked about this yesterday. They got all their picks going forward. They can easily make trades to make this roster better. Kevin Durant is not the only player they could have traded for over the next forty-eight. Uh, over the next, over the next two years, two years, Kevin Durant is not the only player they could have traded for. You, if you find another player you really like, and and that player is a really good player, and he could assist you in getting that championship, and he may not be as great as Kevin Durant, but he may be worth two first-round picks or three first-round picks. They still have the ability to do that. I'm glad you brought up Kellen's piece, too, because I, I thought it was a, almost a good complimentary piece side-by-side side with Dan's, because he and, and he, something specifically that you mentioned just now, I'm looking at Kellen's column right now, also as you mentioned, available at ArizonaSports.com and he wrote, that's when you wonder if the Suns are trying too hard to juggle two windows at once. And, and I think he's dead on with this one, and here's what he means by it. One window is the one that you speak of, the five-year window. Booker's Young, Ayton's young, Mikel's young, Cam Johnson's young. That's a five-year window. It's undeniable that there's a half-decade window here where they could be very good. And then a one-year window but with there's, Paul? But there's also a one-year window with Paul. Maybe two, but more likely one. Right, and, and at some point in the next calendar year, you are going to have to address Chris Paul. And you're going to have to address who's next after Chris Paul. And that, that window's going to close. And I hope that whenever the Chris Paul era is done, that that doesn't mean they're changing championship run is done because Chris Paul is still okay. one of the best players in the NBA. See what I mean? I mean, I totally, I totally get it. You trade all of your assets for Kevin Durant and you don't win a championship. Okay. okay. He gets hurt. Something happens. You don't win a championship. Chris Paul retires. You've got no ability to replace Chris Paul because all your assets are gone. You traded all your first round picks. You gave up all your pick swaps. Um, you're above the cap. You're, you're above the, 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 the cap and the luxury tax threshold. You don't have any options here. So now no Kevin Durant. You've kept all those assets. Chris Paul in a year. He only after this year he only has a partially guaranteed contract for the next year. What if you take those assets and you trade them for a point guard? I mean, does that maybe that keeps the window open for? Maybe it does. I mean, look, it, Booker, it, Booker's window is ten years. Mm-hmm. Mikhail and Cam's window is those are ten year windows for those guys. Now they need somebody to facilitate and be the point guard. And maybe in a maybe in a way this will be a blessing in disguise. Uh, maybe and okay, I'm not saying it is, mm-hmm. but maybe. They're going to take these draft picks and they're going to replace Chris Paul with somebody by using those draft picks. Yeah, you're not wrong, and that's a good way of looking at it. You're 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 not wrong, and that's when you're juggling these two different windows: the short one with Chris Paul, the long one with Devin Booker. That's a good compromise if that's what the Suns do. And I do think you're very right about one thing: for as much as people might be lamenting not getting Kevin Durant, 
there will they're not there's not going to be another Kevin Durant, but there will always be another superstar that you might be able to acquire, right? Yeah. There will always be another great player that you will have assets for. I look I think they're very capable of winning a championship, too. We've seen that the last couple of years. They were two wins away two years ago. They had the best regular season record a year ago. They were the best team in the NBA a year ago, and they were the favorites to win it all. My concern is not and is never the 115 games they're going to win during the regular season or have won during the regular season. It's playoff basketball. They have plenty to win plenty of games during the regular season. I'm not worried about that at all. Do they have enough to win 16 when it counts? And that's where I think... I worry they're going to fall a little short. That's where I'm worried that we can talk all we want about Dario and campaign and the improvement from Aiton and Mikel and Cam Johnson. That's all great. Is it going to be good enough for the 16 wins that you need from the middle of April to the middle of June? And that's where I fear they're going to fall short. 19 out of 20 teams fall short. 19, 10, 20 teams are in the playoffs now with the play-in game. Yeah. Okay? 19 fall short. Right, because you've got it's uh, hard. I know it's seven, hard. 10, 8, 9. I mean, so twenty teams go when the regular season ends. There's twenty teams still alive. Nineteen falls short. It's not. It's not an easy thing to it's do. It's not easy. But wouldn't you agree that when you have won 115 regular season games the last couple of years, your your level of expectation is a little higher than some of those other teams to win one. I mean, it's not uh, like sure. you're yeah. right. It's not like you're the eighth team in, the tenth team in. You're the top team in. You're one of the top teams in. Yeah. It. What were the odds you sent me today? They're, they're, they're top five. They're top five or six now. Though. Latest betting odds, yeah. The Arizona Diamondbacks faced a very familiar face on the mound last night, and it reassured that the decision to trade Luke Weaver away was a good one. (laughs) We'll talk T-Packs baseball next. Burns and Gambo. The Burns and Gambo need to know. Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. I was not in the room when the Twitter poll question was created, so I have no idea what it is. Going in blind. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. Literally. I'm about to fall off. I am. I'm about to fall off. Going in blind on today's poll question. What do you have for us today, Eric? All right. Well, I don't know if you guys noticed, but there's been a theme to a couple Cardinals acquisitions this offseason. That theme? Where they played college football. Do you think the Arizona Cardinals collecting former college teammates of Kyler Murray is going to pay off in the long run? Yes or no? Um... Maybe. <laughs> Since that's not an option. Too easy of an option. I wasn't in the room. I'm assuming that's the reason why that's not an option, because everybody would have voted for maybe. Well, um, yeah. I mean, uh, I'd lean yes, but like a slight lean, slight, slight lean yes familiarity that, that Kyler has with these guys. It's offensive guys, right? Yeah. So it's not like it's defensive guys that he doesn't have any connection with. It's offensive guys that he that are blocking for him and he's throwing to. I just, I'm, I'm worried that if I say yes, I'm like validating a decision to just keep go getting Kyler Murray for teammates, and I, and I don't want to do that. I, I don't want this organization to be like, well, if, you know, Kyler wants him, let's go get him. You know, because you, you can't do that every time. You know, then then he gets a false sense of his own power and how much say he should get in these things and et cetera, et cetera. But I would agree that at its core, it's better to have guys that he's familiar with and, and who are familiar with him. So I'll go with Skimbo on this one. It's yes, but it's a very slight lean yes. Just do it do it judiciously, very carefully how many of these go, guys you go get. 57.6% agree with you guys. They are on the yes train. 42.4% say no, and some are commenting it's a gimmick and a joke. A, gi- a gimmick? It's not a gimmick. It's a, it's a. It's definitely not a gimmick. These are good football players. I mean, Hollywood Brown's a good football player. Cody 
Ford was a second round pick. I mean, it's not like they're getting like it's not like I said. It's not like they're bringing in Goran Dragic's brother. Sure. I mean, no. if you think it's hey. a gimmick, how nice would it be to have CD Lamb on this roster right now? Would that have been a gimmick, or would that have been a really nice player to pair with Kyler Murray moving forward? So it just depends on the player and depends on how much they overdo it. Thank you. That's a good poll question. You can find it uh, on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. Of course, one word on Twitter at Burns and Gambo. Give us a follow if you get a chance. And the two-two pitch is in the dirt and it skips past Perez and ricochets off the backstop. Rivera will jog home. Weaver never made it to the plate. And it is now 5-1 to one Diamondbacks on a Weaver wild pitch. It sounds like they're playing in front of about 12 people. Just based on, it sounds like one of Q's club ball games, right? And mom is behind home plate. Yay! Yeah. Good job! There's nobody freaking there. Oh, man. Based off of that sound. But I'll be the first to admit, I didn't watch a ton of last night's game. I had a couple other things going on. You mentioned it during show prep that you thought Luke Weaver was going to cry. I thought he was going to cry. I felt like I like Luke, right? I mean, I, I texted him once he got traded, wished him the best. He got back to me. So here's the situation, right? I mean, it's a close ball game. It's 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 2-1 in the eighth inning, and Thomas leads off with a double, and then Perdomo strikes out. Rojas walks on a nine-pitch at bat, great at bat. Rivera walks on an eight-pitch at bat. Okay, and here comes Luke Weaver. Luke Weaver into the game. You know, sack fly by Marte. Okay, 3-1. Diamondbacks increase the lead. Then Christian Walker on a 3-0 count. He throws him a fastball on a 3-0 count. What's Christian Walker waiting for on a 3-0 count? Fastball. Of course. He throws him a fastball on a 3-0 count. Big, meaty fastball. Rips a double into the gap. RBI double, a 4-1 lead. Then he spikes a slider into the ground past the catcher, 5-1. I'm like, oh, my God, Luke Weaver. Oh, God, this is so bad. So then in the ninth inning, he comes out again. He's back out. He's yeah. back out in the ninth. McCarthy walks. That was the eighth walk of the game. Kelly walks. All right, first and second. McCarthy steals third base. Then he's out at home on a force out. But then Roas has an RBI single, 6-3. Rivera has an RBI double over Waters' head, 7-3. Pitching coach comes out. And I thought Luke Weaver was going to start crying. I, I'm, not, like, I'm not kidding. Like, I'm not exaggerating here. The pitching coach comes out. And Luke Weaver's like, it was a 2-1 game, and now it's 7-1. And I thought Luke Weaver was about to start crying. Like, I just, you know, I, I want to get want to get away. You want to get away? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like, it was ba- it was really, really, I, really, I, I, really bad. I want to go back and rewatch oh. those innings. Uh, not because I no, want to see Luke Weaver cry. No, you're right. I, 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 I guess I don't want to. Um, I'm, I missed it, but it, it sounds like based off of your description, like there are guys that when they play their former team, no matter what sport, I think there are some guys who get really up for it, and I think there are some guys who are like, oh God, I'm going up against. And it sounds like Luke Weaver had the second one of those. Like he he was nervous. He was. Oh yeah. And, and not that not that he not that he's a great pitcher anyway. There's a reason why the Diamondbacks traded him. So he's got his inherent struggles as it is. It sounds like based off of what you're describing and what you saw that he must have been nervous as hell to face his former I, team last night. I thought that when he came out for the ninth inning, it was almost like when Matheny said, "Okay, you're back out there for the ninth." He's like, "Seriously? Well, you know, and that's like, and that's you something. Seriously, you sure you uh, seriously you uh, want me to go back out there? Honestly, that's something we see all the time in baseball. There are times where relievers will look into the dugout like, get me. Please come get me. Like, you're going to come get me, right? Why like, didn't he say that after the eighth uh, inning? I, I don't know. I don't know. But we just sometimes we'll see relievers. Save me. And, and the guys who aren't the bulldogs will, like, look in there and go, you're going to come get me, right? You're going to get me out of this mess? Because I don't want to be here anymore. Because <laughs> I don't. I do not want to be out on this mound anymore. And it sounds like Luke Weaver might have had one of those Couple, moments last 
last night. A couple of observations outside of Luke Weaver, like literally not being able to pitch. Davinsky sucks. He's fine. He, he's he's uh, freaking terrible. Like, he is awful. So bad. I'm glad you stopped. Oh my God! I was halfway through that. As <laughs> a clown, oh, you were man. halfway I was there. Just halfway there. You were halfway there. I'm like, pull up, Gambo, pull oh up. God. That's just how bad oh. he was. I get. No, he must have like been I, really bad for Gambo to go halfway down that road oh, and then pull bump. back on the wheels. <laughs> Did you hit the dump button just in case, Mitch? No. no? Okay. Because I, I don't know. I was. How I was. Close I came to that. Uh, you were. You were. I think I was close. A third of the way there. Oh my God! He stayed. <laughs> the guy's given up runs in like five out of his last six outings. He's given up a run. The other thing is, man, Jake McCarthy may be the fastest player in oh, baseball. Right? No, like in baseball, like he, like he stole third base on Luke Weaver. He stole third base, and I mean, I, like he probably could have stole home too. Does he not get as much credit for stealing on Luke Weaver? Is there? Is he, is he deducted stat points because it's against Luke Weaver? I mean, Luke. I'm telling you, Luke Weaver didn't want to be there. Right, he didn't want to be like there. But, but McCar- I'm telling you, McCarthy is one of the fastest players I've ever seen. Post- he is Vince Coleman like. This comes from uh, Arizona's Diamondback Stats and Info, the Twitter account that we both follow. It's a really good follow if you, if you want to. It is a great follow. They, they, there's a couple of really good Diamondback stats-related Twitter accounts out there that really give you a lot of good background information. Since the All-Star break, Jake McCarthy leads the Diamondbacks in batting average. He's hitting 320. he He's got eight extra base hits. He's got 14 RBIs, 11 walks, eight stolen bases. Last night, two for three, double RBI. I mean, if you had, if you had said, pick the guy for the Diamondbacks since the All-Star break who leads the team in batting average, I probably Probably would have said Christian Walker just because I know he's had a red hot August. He's got the batting average up to like two twenty. I, I, yeah, I think he's hit like I think he's on the verge of having his first three hundred month or his second three hundred month of his career. So happy they didn't trade him. Uh, me too. But McCarthy's been. I don't know if I would have said McCarthy. He's been killing it. And then, how are they going to figure out? Like, uh, I was thinking the same thing. Like okay, when so Corbin Carroll comes up. How are you going to do that? You got Varsho. He's got to play. Alec Thomas. He's got to play. Carroll. He's got to play. McCarthy's. McCar- McCarthy was a first round pick. I know. It's well, not like McCarthy was like a he was like a first round supplemental pick. Yep. I don't know what they're going to do. It's a it's, it's a great problem to have. I know it's such a cliche and it and it's a cliche it, because it's true, but you also kind of roll your eyes. Well, it's a great problem to have. Just wait, just count the number of times Diamondback executives say that over the next month they have and a the half. best outfield defense in baseball. It's really good. It's, it's real good. It's young and it's fast and it's good. And by the way, Alec Thomas among National League rookies, again, same Twitter account that I got this from. Among National League rookies, Alec Thomas is third in hits, seventh in runs, tied for fifth in doubles, tied for fourth in extra base hits, eighth with RBIs, ninth with walks. I love him. He's been great. He's been great. We think of I him was as- at the game the other day, right? I was at, so I was at the game on Saturday. And my kid's like, I only want to meet one player. I'm like, here he goes, Alec Thomas. I'm like, okay. So he got, a, what? He, got a, he got a ball signed by Alec Thomas. He got to meet him and everything, and he was thrilled. That's exactly what the Diamondbacks are hoping for. That's what my kid said. They're, they're, they're hoping for Alec Thomas, yeah. Corbin Carroll, Lawler right. when he gets here. Yeah. That those are going to be the guys that everybody's going to want their jersey. Yeah. That those are going to be the guys that everyone's going to be like, I, I want to meet. You know, so it, what it, my kid said. I, yeah, I, it sucks I, for the other players. I want to meet, 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 meet them. But, it, but yeah, that, that, that young generation of stars that fans can kind of glob onto, that's exactly yeah. what the Diamondbacks I want to. I want to. 
he watched him bat, he watched batting practice and he got a chance to meet Alec Thomas and he was like thrilled because Alec Thomas is one of those guys that I think a lot of young fans are going to gravitate towards. Just announced comedian Tom Segura. He's heading to Celebrity Theater for a special Netflix taping of his new world tour. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. You can win a pair of tickets now by visiting the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. Is Oregon on their way to the Big Ten? How close are they to joining USC and UCLA? We'll tell you about next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Daily Pac-12, Big Ten, Big 12, Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA. This one feels different. ESPN, Fox. This is your daily update. And I would agree with you, this one does feel a little bit Mm. different. In part because I have a lot of respect for the guy who said it, because he's covered college athletics for a long time. This this one feels different. Brett McMurphy, and he's a college football insider. He was a guest on the Mac and Cube show in WJO. X 94.5 FM, and he claimed that Oregon right now basically is having a job interview with the Big Ten. Here are his words. It's not this simple, but it's almost like a job interview <laughs> in a way where Oregon's going to the Big Ten and saying, okay, this is what I have to offer. Uh, this is what our school has to offer. This is what we would bring to the Big Ten, and the Big Ten you know, looks at everything, you know, obviously checks the references, uh, and that sort of thing. And then, you know, the Big Ten ultimately will make that decision if if they want to bring Oregon in. McMurphy went on to call it a due process for teams looking to change conferences. This is all due process when when schools are, are switching to, to other leagues. It happened with USC and UCLA. The only difference was that thing kept was kept quiet until literally the day they announced that they were leaving the league, it was able to, to stay behind the scenes. Um, this has been you know, a lot more public on the Big Ten's plans moving forward. You know, I reported back in July that they were not done expanding and that they were targeting Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal, obviously Notre Dame's included in that. Um, and so this is kind of the first first step, if you will, in the process. Got one more, and then I want to react okay, to it. Yeah. Okay, Oregon and Big Ten. He describes it as working their way up the food chain. Yeah, I reported that the Oregon's president and AD and Kevin Warren were not in these meetings. They're like, well, how big of these meetings are they if those guys aren't at the at the meeting? Well, it's it's not to that point yet. They're working their way up the food chain. They're you know making sure uh, they have all the information. Both parties has information from, from both sides um, and it's it's a process. But This is the killer quote, Gambo. McMurphy said on WGOX when discussing the Big Ten potentially accepting the Ducks, quote, I'm fairly confident they will do that, close quote. Yeah, and if they jump ship and if they go to the Big Ten, that's it. Yeah, that's game it. over. That's like, it. game over. The Big, the Pac-12 is done. I mean, the only thing that's holding the conference together right now is that Washington, Washington and Oregon is still here. But if Oregon leaves and Washington's going to leave, and this thing is done, I mean they're hanging now. Now what you know, and you start to think about like television, this new television deal. Who the heck wants to do a deal with the Pac-12 with this hanging over their head? Like you know, you got to be real careful doing a media rights deal with the with a conference that could be could, could be nothing. Because if Oregon and Washington leave, there's a lot of speculation. There was a terrific story on uh, on HeartlandCollegeSports.com. It says. Hey, the four corner schools, what are you waiting for? 
four. And it says, if you're one of the four corner schools, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, what are you waiting for? USC and UCLA bolted. You know Oregon and Washington. They don't want to stay here. Get out. Go to the Big 12 now. Save yourself all you can. Yeah, it's just a question of does that happen first or is Oregon leaving first? If Oregon and Washington leave, would the would the Big 12 still accept the four corner schools? Or, or is, there some, is there some race to get there first, right? Is there a race for the four corner schools to go to the Big 12 before the Big 10 takes Oregon and Washington? That's a good question. And do I, you try to go? Do you try to jump ahead of it if you're the four corner schools and like I'll just go to the big? Well, look, we know this is gonna. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. Oregon has to leave. They right. can't look. They can't look at USC and UCLA making all this money. Now, another point that was made, I thought it was a tremendous point. I can't get. It's in one of these stories. It talks about the. Okay, here it is. Um, the big. This was in Sports Illustrated, I think. The biggest criticism of adding USC and UCLA is putting those student athletes out on an island, far to travel oh. and everything. What's the best way to kind of deal with that? Add a couple of more schools that are close to you. Absolutely. Add West Coast schools. So now you've got three games in which you don't have much travel. Yeah. And so the, add two more West Coast, West Coast schools. And what are the premier West Coast schools that you'd want to add? You'd want to add the ones that are good, like Oregon, the ones that are in big TV markets like Washington or Stanford. Stanford, you don't have to worry. They're private. They can leave if they want. Yeah, it makes it makes all the sense in the world. And, and I, again, I'll repeat because I really don't know the answer to this question. The four corner schools, Colorado, Utah, and the Arizona schools, do they need to go to the Big 12 before the Pac-12 gets rated? Or is that like, okay, imagine I'm the Big 12 and I'm on a conference call with the, 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 the four corner schools. And I'm saying, hey, guys, look, here's the deal. I need to know right now whether you're in or out. I, I have to know today whether you're coming. Because if, if you're this not, is the Big 12. I'm, yeah, I'm the Big 12 okay. talking to these four corner schools. Is it, I need to know today, I need an answer right now, or is is it, look, answer me now. Answer, you, you can either come to us now or you can come to us when Oregon and Washington leave. We don't care. We'll yeah, take you either way. you're going to come with your tail between your legs after they leave. Maybe, but at least you're, you you have a place to go. You know, you, you, Is there any leverage to going now while Oregon and Washington is still there? Do you have any leverage? I don't think so because the Big 12 is still, I think, a year away from negotiating their new media deal. So there's no, you know, the added value of the four corner schools. That's not going to be realized financially for another year. So I, I don't think... There is. I, I think if you're the four corner schools, you can wait until Oregon and Washington kind of make up their mind because I think the Big 12 is mm. always. I don't know. I might be misreading this, but I think the Big 12 is always going to be there for you if you want it. So McMurphy has reported that the four Pac 12 schools being considered by the Big Ten are Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal. Sure. I mean, could they take all four and get to 20? Yeah. They could. Oh, and then the SEC will kind of wait and see what happens with the ACC. And then they'll add North Carolina, Virginia, Clemson, and Florida State. And it'll be 20 in the Big Ten, 20 in the SEC. And who the hell cares about anybody else? Pretty much. But you better off. But I, th- I think Pretty if you, much. I think if you're ASU and U of A, you got to go to the Big 12. And you got to go as soon as you can. And if the Big 12 wants you, I think you go. Because this Pac-12, it, it's, it, it, I don't think it can survive. I mean, do you really believe that the Pac-12 no, can survive? No, I, I I'm just I'm pausing because I, I don't know if they need to rush to go. That's the only thing I don't know the answer to. I, I don't know I if it's the same offer either I, way. I, if it's the same offer either way, then you might as well wait to see if there's some hope the Pac-12 can survive. I mean, you know, if, if it's going to be there yeah. no matter what, then I don't know if there's the urgency to go the way you're describing it. 
The big the, the Pac-12 is the Big East. Remember when the Big East got raided? It's just a basketball conference now. The Big East got raided. They took all the schools. The ACC did, and it was it. It was over. Wow. And the Big East, remember, used to be like, you used to have six power conferences, and the Big East was one of them. Now yeah. it's five. It's going to be four. Before you blink, it's going to be four. And that would be my worry about the new Big 12, is that it's not going to be much of a football conference. It's going to be a great basketball conference, but it's not going to be much of a football conference. No. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android, and you're not going to miss any of our shows. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast, and it's brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com. Kyler Murray, we assume, is not going to take a single snap during this preseason. How does that compare to other starting quarterbacks across the league? We did the numbers, and we'll tell you about them next on the Burns and Gambo Show.